Hi, I'm Tyra G, your host of Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Welcome again to our virtual global gathering of phenomenal women and those who love you. Fearsome and generous, humble and honest in pursuit of new possibilities and purpose. You know, we dig deep here and we come up strong. We bravely walk into places where tradition has said, there's some things you just don't talk about, but not at this table. And no matter how hard judgment knocks, it can't come in. Beloved here, we live beyond the wreckage. Every week, we experience, educate, encourage, and empower each other. We share aha moments and stories that have been left in our pockets for way too long. Every week, we start right where we are. We ask only that you come dressed in your authentic self, believing that impossible is merely a word. I am so excited about how the show is progressing. We're celebrating the sixth year of proof that dreams can come true. Frankly speaking with Tyra G is one of my most priceless dreams. I thank God for every remembrance of you and your gifts, the gifts of ideas, your presence and your encouragement. They keep me going. I can't do this show without you. Thank you so much. You're listening to Radio Fairfax, Fairfax, Virginia on your TV, computer or mobile device. And we are webcast worldwide on the internet at radio, www, radio Fairfax every Saturday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Should you miss us, you can catch our archive podcast where you listen to your favorite podcasts. Just key in, Frankly Speaking with Tyra G Podcast. And if you just feel like connecting with me offline, you know that's easy. Email me at Tyra at TyraGarlington.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, Courtney Nero, for composing and performing our Frankly Speaking theme song. And for naming it, I'm listening. I intentionally created, frankly speaking with Tyra G, for an intergenerational multicultural audience. Thematic content helps keep our stories fresh and relevant. This evening, our story is curated from our human library theme, Voices from the Future. It's always delightful to hear the hopes, the dreams, the concerns of our next generation. It serves as a kind of report card of how we as parents, teachers, business leaders, entrepreneurs, etc. are doing. After all, legacy is an interconnection across time with a need for those who have come before us and a responsibility to those who will come after us. We all need to understand that the world isn't connected by molecules, it's connected by stories, traditions, memories, hopes, and dreams. Legacy is truly about life and living. My guest this week is a member of the generation reaching adulthood in the second decade of the 21st century. 
A generalized generational definition describes her generation as the first social generation to have grown up with access to the internet and portable digital technology from a young age. Members of this generation have been dubbed digital natives. In order to create our common thought space to get today, I want to share some thoughts that describe what kind of seeds must have been planted to harvest the spirit and talent of my young guests today. I am borrowing again from one of our favorite authors, Miss Iana Von Sant, in her book, Until Today. And because my guest is an only child, a daughter, I chose these words to both celebrate and encourage a mother-to-daughter conversation. It's called, If I Had a Little Girl, and I quote, If I had a little girl, I would tell her all the things I think she would need to know to be fully prepared for life. I would tell her that there would be good days and bad days and that she would be grateful for them both. I would tell her that she's always protected and that no matter what she does, she'll always be loved. I would tell my little girl that life is full of wonder and excitement and that it's all available to her. I would tell her to focus on one thing at a time, enjoy it, taking the most pleasant memories of it into her next experience. I would tell her, be kind to all people, even when they're not kind in return. I would tell my little girl, find something to appreciate about everything and everyone. When you are appreciative, you get more to appreciate. I would tell my little girl that she did not have to rely on people for her good that she could withdraw all that she needs from heaven. I would tell her to always tell the truth in the way she would want to hear it. Always give her best and never doubt that it was good enough. Always remember where she came from and the people who helped her along the way. I would tell my little girl that the best things in life are not things they are people. I would tell my little girl that it's important to honor what she feels. I would tell her that a well-ordered mind will never lead her astray and that her mind and her life are to be in order in, excuse me, that in order for her mind and life to be in order, she must put God first. The most important thing I would want my little girl to know is that she should never be afraid to make a mistake because mistakes, when evaluated, make masters. Now, until today, you may have found it easier to provide others with guidance in their time of need to help yourself. You may not have realized how truly wise you are. So just for today, listen to and heed your own advice. Anyone, you can tell anyone else probably also applies to you. Today, my guest is a daughter, an only daughter, as I am, though there are generations between us. She's in the early chapters of her story, 
her life plan, the legacy she's living and building. We were talking right before the show. Uh, we met not so long ago at an event, and she was sitting on a porch creating, and I drove up, and we said hello. And the energy exchange between us was special. And I knew instantly I wanted to have a conversation. And you will know by the end of this episode why. I want you to listen carefully and be inspired, okay? Please welcome Miss Amara, Amira Holland to the Frankly Speaking Table. She will begin to share her story with an introduction of herself that she's crafted as well as the title she'd like to assign to this episode as she will then be added to our human library voices from the future the Mara the mic is now yours okay hi everyone first um just like you say thank you so much miss tyra for allowing me um to speak on your show and have like amazing conversation with you i'm so excited about it um but again i'm amira um, my purpose, I feel, on this earth from God is to be a creator that's sharing what God has done for my life. And through that, through the process of being a creator and um, each day walking out my purpose in my life for God, one um, huge thing he did for me was a fast that I took in February 2022 called Love for Love, with the second love being an acronym mm-hmm. standing for love for the Lord, the O standing for others, the V, vulnerability, and E, an everlasting marriage. Mm. So um, love for love is what I wanted to title um, this discussion as. (laughs) I love it. I love love. (laughs) Okay, L is for love, O is for others, V is for? The L is for the Lord. Yes. So the L is Lord. Oh, others, Uh the vulnerability, vulnerability, okay, okay, and vulnerability is what a lot of people are afraid of, Mm -hmm. sharing their own vulnerability, so this was at a conference that you, that you attended, that this was impressed upon your heart? No, this um, was actually pressed on my heart when I was praying over um, a fast that I really felt called to do. Oh, back in um, 2022. Yeah. Okay. All right. I interrupted you, but let's go on with who you are, Miss Lady. Um, so right now I am a junior at uh, Marymount University and right now just majoring in graphic and media design and navigating how to use my creative gifts to basically glorify God and also just share with others in creative ways how um, leaning on God can really help them in their life and what they're experiencing. So it's obvious that you have a spiritual core. Where did that come yes. from? Where did that come from? Um, that really comes from my mom since like a young age. Uh, I used to live in Southern California and I attended a Christian school and my mom ensured that I had that foundation where I was in a Christian environment and also attending church and just becoming familiar with God and familiar with um, just like scripture and praying. 
Um, so I've, it's really just been like a foundation for me because like my mom was very made sure that um, I had a relationship with God at a young age. So do you feel, I'm really curious about this, do you mm-hmm. feel that your faith is an attribute that I, uh, separates you from your peers? Have you found a place or a group of people that think like you on campus or off campus? I don't have, and I've had many, many young people on the show, and I don't think I've had any that were so overtly spiritual and wanting to walk with the Lord. So tell me about what that feels like as a young lady now on campus, on a campus, I should say, in yeah. the in this yeah. society, in this society. Mm-hmm. Let me add that. Yeah. Um, I was fortunate enough. I, I prayed like so much my senior year of high school that whichever college God like, directed me towards that I could find Christian community. Uh-huh. Um, for me, I feel like I really chose for myself to have a relationship with God back in 2020. Uh-huh. So I really wanted that community of people that were my age that were also walking each day with him. Uh-huh. So fortunately, he provided um, the organization uh, crew at my university. Crew is an organization that's at a variety of colleges and universities all across the nation and also internationally as well. Uh-huh. So I got connected with them my freshman year. And um, now I'm a student leader. We just came back from our fall retreat. And it, it's really just been refreshing, and it has definitely helped me get through um, these past, like, two and a half years in college. So I'm, I'm going deeper, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> share, with, share with us, with me. I have a very strong faith. Share with me mm-hmm. what, okay, you came from retreat. Take me back mm-hmm. on that retreat. Take me to that retreat with you. Help me understand the kind of, the kinds of things were that you brought away that you contributed while you were there and what the other people were like that you ran mm-hmm. into while you were there? Yeah, that's a great question. I've actually kind of been reflecting on that today because I've been wanting to share that with more of my friends like on social media regarding how the retreat has impacted me. Uh-huh. But um, I would say the biggest takeaway was um, for the retreat, it's from Friday to uh, Sunday, like afternoon, and uh-huh. all Saturday, we were going through main sessions with a pastor from the Arlington area, and we also had the privilege of having like men's and women's time, and I attended the retreat last year, and I absolutely loved women's time, and it was just the same thing again this year, and um, our challenge during women's time was to get in a group of students so for me specifically i was with um, some marymount students there's the college i attend and then also some students from george washington university and american university in dc mm-hmm. and um the challenge basically was in each of your groups to express the lies that the enemy is saying to you and the lies that like you're also saying to yourself that are originating from the enemy and then the women around you in your group were supposed to combat those lies with actual scripture. So instead of like the flattery of being like, oh no, like you got this, or like you're beautiful, you're doing great, to actually dive into your Bible and tell these other women around you like 
this is what scripture says about like what you're facing. And for me, that was really encouraging because I, um, I'm working through trying to rest more and um, not jump on every single opportunity that's like on my campus, but taking time to like focus on myself and recharge myself and then also recharge spiritually. Mm -hmm. And I brought that up to the girls I was in a group with. And of course, they referenced having a Sabbath and how important that was. Okay. And a, a huge quote that one of the girls said that I'm still reflecting on even today is um, she said her mentor told her, by us not taking a Sabbath, that's basically saying that we feel we can do more in seven days than God did in six. And that was like huge for me. Okay. (laughs) All right. Now, I want you to do that again because I'm, I'm following you. But okay, say it again. Just say it again. So basically, by us not taking the Sabbath and not taking a day of rest, that's us saying that ah. we feel we can we can do more in seven days than yeah. God did in six, referring to when he created the heavens and the earth and everything we experience day to day back okay. in the book of Genesis. And what that allowed you to do was <laughs> to reflect on your feeling like you had to be involved in everything. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And where do you think that came from? Seriously. Being the I see you as energetic. I see you as creative. But I'm I'm trying to understand on campus. This is your third year. You're in leadership positions. Mm-hmm. You're in crew leadership. Uh, mm-hmm. you you have something to do in the dorm as I recall, don't you? Le- um so my roles on campus, so I'm on leadership for crew. I'm also a student ambassador. So I assist in the admissions office with tours and various events towards guests coming. Okay. And then I also do, I'm also a part of our spirit of service scholars. So I have to do 60 hours of volunteering each semester. So a lot of times I'm taking photography for our fashion shows or our events for the president and, um, then this past summer, I also assisted with the freshman orientation. Now, see, that sounds like a lot to me because you didn't yeah. even mention that you had classes. <laughs> and I think I think before we started, you were saying, you know, this week, I mean, my my flow isn't right. I, I've had my teachers are doing this, that, and the other. And okay, well, then to to someone that's listening that may be an upcoming freshman or someone that may be a junior, what would you say when it comes to time management and uh, more than time management, spirit management, uh, soul Mm -hmm. management? How would you tell them to manage their years in school? Because aren't you kind of going through a maturation process as a young woman as well? Yeah, um, the suggestion I definitely would have for them is ensuring that um, they have the community around them. Um, I feel like that most definitely helps in like the maturing process as well okay. with having students that are that are like a senior or maybe grad students that are also walking a path of faith and have okay. gone through the whole time management thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would definitely encourage that. And then literally just the simple fact of like taking out time in your calendar to say like, hey, this is the time I'm going to just focus on me. This is the time I'm going to do homework. 
this is the time I'm going to read the Bible. Like for me, I am a big Google Calendar girl. Um, now, so yeah, wait friends, a minute. Did you say, oh, all right, keeping your calendar on Google. Okay. I've got three different yes. cameras. Okay, okay. Now I know why I have a problem because I have three different calendars. But go ahead, please. Yeah, like literally all my friends, like when they are like, oh, Amira, are you busy? And then they see me go on my phone. They're like, oh, she's looking at her Google Calendar. And I honestly do get that from my mom as well. I We joke around like when I was younger, I would call like my mom, my momager. Because <laughs> <she> <laughs> I love that. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, she literally have like her calendar and then all my stuff was like in a specific color and stuff. So I definitely <laughs> got like my organization and time management time management with a calendar from her. Yes. But um I would just definitely encourage like students that are freshmen or even like sophomore, junior and maybe even senior, like really taking the time to just like look and um plan out not plan out so much that you feel so stressed out, which is what uh, I have definitely done. Mm-hmm. But just to be like, hey, do I have free time here? And can I really take that time for myself? Okay. And um, also one big thing that I've been trying to learn through therapy is like, if I can't fit a time to meet with someone and I feel like I have to move a bunch of things around or I already feel like I have to run from one place to another, yeah. don't accept it. Like if you have to force force an event in your calendar that's your sign that you need to put that event towards another day all right you have a process now you sneaked (laughs) in you sneaked in your mom you just said (laughs) the past when we used to I think uh, at least I found refreshing the friendship the sisterhood the mother-daughter relationship you have and um, your mother said to me, uh, because I met your mother at the same time, and she says, oh, I used to drive her everywhere. And so we mm-hmm. were talking about the two of you doing a show together. And mm-hmm. I said, well, what would you like to do? What would, the, what would the conversation be? And I think we talked about conversations that you all had in the car. Was it something like mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Yes, I believe it was like conversations in the car or something. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you talk about, because mothers and daughters are very unique. Um, mm-hmm. We do very well because we love each other so much, but we hit bumps because sometimes we're <laughs> very much alike. Then we got to work through mm-hmm. that. Tell, tell, tell our audience how special your relationship is with your mom and how it got to be that way. Um, yeah, my, my relationship with my mom is so, so special. Like literally how I, who I am today is definitely a huge credit towards her. Um, since a young age, I've always seen my mom like going after her goals and also just like being there for people and just being their support, which, um, I feel like I definitely show in my day to day, but, um, yeah, the conversations in the car just really helped, like, solidify our relationship because it just ensured that I knew I had her as support with, like, what I was facing. Mm-hmm. Because um, if I didn't have a good day at school and I get in the car and I'm super quiet and she's asking me, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Clearly, I'm not fine because <laughs> past car conversations, I'm, like, talking and chatting about all the stuff that happened at school. Uh-huh. So it really was just a way for um, her to, like, also, I guess, 
and description of it is like to know like my heart posture towards things I was just oh I like I like through. that phrase cool. your heart posture mm-hmm. oh, talk about that I keep interrupting you but I don't want to forget no you're good <laughs> what does that mean to you um, heart posture uh I feel like it's something that I'm learning more and more each day with like diving into my word and trying to like showcase um kind of like really fruits of the spirit of God and just be an Mm -hmm. example like towards others of like this is this is me as a mirror showing up in front of you but no reason I'm showing up in this way is because how because of God and having the heart posture of like all like the peace and love he brings to me Mm -hmm. and by showing up in that way I can show up in that way to others Absolutely. Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. Totally. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. So now that we're talking about mothers and daughters and you seem to be so wise, what if (laughs) you had a daughter? What kind of conversation would you have with her? You I read something at the beginning of this. If I had a daughter, I would tell her this, that and the other based Mm -hmm. on what you and your mother have experienced together. Oh, something just came to me. What would you tell your mother about how you feel she has prepared you for this space and time? I like that better. <laughs> um, okay, let me think about it. It's okay to think about it. I just smacked that on you. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, I would honestly say, like, not being ashamed of, the season you're in as well as not being ashamed of showing up as best as you can in that season to God and also like the people's people closest to you that you also know are rooted in God. Okay. So one big thing, my mom, she, um, uh, from her mom's side, she's an only child. Oh, so look at us. In some oh, way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in some way she also grew up, as the only child, like I do have like my aunts and stuff from um, my other grandfather's side that are my mom's sisters, mm-hmm. but um, she has a lot of like chosen sisters that were like her close friends that from high school and middle school or that she met through work that I consider like really close aunts to me. Mm-hmm. So I really saw how not only she supported them in their hard times, how she was vulnerable and leaned on them through the things she was going through as well. Yeah. So I think that would be a huge thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So now we know that uh, daughters and moms can be wonderful together. And I must admit, I had some very trying times with my mom and mm-hmm. uh, didn't mean I loved her any less. I loved her more. But I also mm-hmm. realized we had generational differences. Have you discovered some things that um, you and your mother share or even differ based on the fact that, mm-hmm. you, that you're experiencing two different generations that contribute to who you are? Mm-hmm. Off the top of my head, no. There isn't specifically, like, any generational differences because mm-hmm. my mom really got on like social media before I was allowed to and I 
was only allowed to have like a phone um, before like or during like middle school and everything. Mm-hmm. So um, I really just like had an iPad when I was younger and stuff. So getting exposed to like social media and everything that's like out there, mm-hmm. she really ensured that um, it was like the right time that she felt comfortable enough that I could be exposed to everything like that. Okay. So generationally, no. The only thing that I would say has been like an interesting thing I observed between her and I is like now traveling together. Because uh-huh. my mom's a big traveler and I really feel like traveling's in my blood as well. But since starting um, college, I've been traveling a lot more alone. Oh. And um, yeah, and this summer, uh, my mom and I, it was kind of like our first time like traveling together since leaving for college so me being already know how like I do things traveling and in my independence it was interesting seeing like you know she's in the role of of a mom and trying to like assist me and help me Mm -hmm. I'm like okay like I got it and stuff so just kind of navigating um us I guess like growing with me as becoming more independent and an adult together which I thought was really interesting to observe between both of us. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So if um, if someone were to come on Marymount University and look you up and you meet, what would be the thing you want them to recognize about you after a conversation? How friendly I am. I love saying hi to people on my campus like my friends get on me about how we literally can't go anywhere on campus without me like waving at someone or saying hi Mm -hmm. I really just I really enjoy being like a not a comfortable but a comforting space for people because I've experienced coming into environments where I didn't know anyone and then the people that were already in those environments and were comfortable in them not kind of like opening their arms towards me mm-hmm. and I feel like that definitely like set the trajectory for myself where it's like if I meet new people and it's their first time in this environment I want to make it as welcoming as possible as I can for them so they can just like feel really good and feel like they can be open in that space. So with that in mind what would be the kind of advice you would give to them and I'm, I'm doing this kind of Q&A because I'm, I'm going to obviously post this as a uh, podcast, but I really want to mm-hmm. get in the mind of someone exceeding expectations, third-year college, faith-based. What's her life like? What are the challenges? So let me start by, let me back up and say, what's the best mm-hmm. advice you've ever received as you walk through this, uh, this uh, season of your life? Best advice. Mm-hmm. In the sense of like before I started college or what? like my third year. <laughs> Actually, whatever you're remembering, because if, if you can categorize it, if it's the best mm-hmm. advice, it's going to be on your mind because you carry it in your mm-hmm. heart, right? Mm-hmm. Honestly, the first thing that came to my mind was my god sister's best friend. She told me, at my high school graduation party, mm-hmm. she was like, drink water, get some rest, work out, and smile. And oh, I love because that. Because she said it in such a funny way. Um, that was, 
Yeah, that was the first thing that came to my mind. I love that. I absolutely love that. Okay, I'm still interviewing. What's your favorite book? Mm-hmm. My favorite book? Besides the uh, Bible. Honestly, <laughs> it would be uh, Everything, Everything by Nicola Yoon. Uh, it's a young adult uh, like romance uh-huh. book, drama romance book. But it was the first like 300-page book that like I zoomed through. Like It was so good. <laughs> and what made it good? Just seeing, I think because I knew, like, the actress that was playing in it, I forgot her name. I know it starts with Amanda. But um, the main character, when they did the movie adaptation, she was, like, a young black girl. Mm -hmm. And basically the book is about um, this girl that has, uh, like, a health condition. And it's, like, literally her and her mom trying to, like, help her navigate it. Mm -hmm. But then, like... And family moves across the street, and she, like, kind of falls in love with, like, the neighbor and everything. So it keeps going on from there. But um, just, like, seeing her, I guess, navigate her relationship with her mom. Mm-hmm. And then also just, like, finding her her own independence with, like, first love. Like, I just thought it was beautiful. <laughs> hmm. Okay. All right. I like that. I'm liking that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So <laughs> now let me ask you this. In terms of social life, um, do you uh, date? Um, officially, no. I I really kind of my. This is one thing my mom and I actually talk about, which I really enjoy about our relationship <laughs> is navigating dating, especially from a Christian sense. Okay, because especially with my generation, you things get lost in the whole quote-unquote talking phase. Yes. And um, I I have experienced, like, a quote-unquote, like, unofficial relationship, but having, ending up ultimately, like, falling in love with the person, but not having those official titles because it was just, like, we're in this talking stage. Um, so as of right now, I've really been trying to, like, reframe my mindset towards dating because I want it to be God-centered and I want it to be like, if God's directing me that way, then that's the way I'm going to go. So it's like, okay, if, if you, if the person would like to date me, I believe like in the being pursued because I want to have a family and to have like a marriage that's God-centered. And I believe that like my husband should be the one to lead and I heard this one pastor said, say, um, if you're the first one leading in the relationship, don't be surprised if you're leading the rest of the relationship. And okay, now say that again. Say that again for me. <laughs> if you're the one leading the relationship in the start, don't be surprised to be leading the rest of the relationship. Okay, all right. And for me, as a leader that's already making, like, so many decisions for, like, clubs and sometimes friend groups and then just generally for myself, Mm -hmm. I want to be able to come into a relationship and a marriage where I know someone's leading, but they're also leading with the Word of God as well. So... So, I have a long answer. (laughs) I'm thinking thinking a couple of things. My audience doesn't accept the ones that will listen that you know have no idea that you're totally lovely, petite, and beautiful. And (laughs) I'm just thinking, is it difficult 
the expression, the thoughts you just gave me? Is it difficult existing in uh, a world today where your generation uh, has some different, very different ideas about uh, relationships, dating, sexuality, all of that? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it, it's most definitely difficult because um, specifically with like people kind of just wanting the relationship now and um, just like want to have like the love and people talk about like, oh, it's cuffing season. People want the matching pajamas, the cute, like going to the pumpkin patch with like their significant others. Wait, 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 wait. You're, you're laying some terminology on me. <laughs> You got a black out. Okay. What did you just say to me? What did you just say, Amira? What did you just say? So I said the matching pajamas and pictures at the pumpkin pumpkin patch. So in a way, the whole, like, when you get to post on social media, your significant other. Okay. For, like, my generation, a huge thing is, like, during Christmas time, uh-huh. you, your significant other get matching pajamas. <laughs> and yeah. in the fall, you take cute, like, fall pictures. Okay. Okay. But you <laughs> and I both know what's going on. is more than pictures of the pumpkin patch and matching pajamas, right? Yes. That as well. So, but going back to your original question of it being difficult yes yes, very much so um and especially in the way of staying true to like my own boundaries yes yes my own like values and what I believe in um because honestly my mom and I talked about this like I've just gotten to the point where it's like if someone has kind of like expressed interest in some way Mm -hmm. towards me and they're trying to have a conversation I ask them flat out, like, are you a man of God? Like, do you believe in God? Are you seeking a relationship with him? Are you actively going about your day-to-day with God on your mind? Because if if you're not a man of God, if you don't consider yourself a man of God, then that already tells me that I should no longer pursue anything romantic with you. Okay. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. So um, I do, I mentor young people. Um, uh, your age and older, I don't mentor much younger, but, Mm -hmm. um, some of the issues that they deal with, even at your age are, uh, bullying, like not Mm -hmm. feeling worthy. In fact, I overheard, believe it or not, in the grocery store to young people, I think they might've been close to graduating high school. And one of them said to the other, I sent my picture to the website, Am I Ugly? And I'm standing there thinking, what did I just hear? So I immediately went home and Googled, Am I Ugly? And there was a website where you could submit your pictures and get feedback, obviously not positive feedback. So I'm saying to myself, what have we done as a society to let beautiful young women and beautiful, handsome men who are challenged by so many things, the, the society that's in unrest, we have so much violence, we've got all these natural disasters, and now we're having a generation of young people 
that don't understand how worthy they are. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you experience those cohorts around you on campus, but what would you, how would you encourage your contemporary if you found that they were walking in a lack of worthiness? What would you say to them? How would you help them? Being completely honest, this is why I have a passion of helping young people like find God and have a relationship with them mm-hmm. because that that hole that or that desire to like know if you're pretty or if you like look good. Okay. It really with that I'm like you have to dive deeper. Like what's the reason why you're asking yourself that? And it's like, okay, I don't feel worthy or the person themselves doesn't think that they look pretty or look beautiful and Mm -hmm. with that kind of going back to the retreat like that's a lie of the enemy you know and because god says like you know we're beautifully and wonderfully made like god loves us so much and he made us the way that he wanted us to be and that way is like perfect so honestly like my first response would be just like seeking a relationship with God that would ultimately help them find like how worthy they are Mm -hmm. and how beautiful that they are. Because at the end of the day, we have this God that like loved us so much that he literally sent his son down to like save us from our sins. Like that's how in love he is with us. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he's basically like wanting more like young people to like understand that and be like, you are worthy. And God, that literally created everything you're experiencing right now, mm-hmm. loves you for you and knows you for you and still thinks you're perfect. And as I listen to you, of course, what you just said is perfection to me. <laughs> and I am going to challenge you even further because mm-hmm. yes that was perfection now let's let's take one of your cohorts on campus who has mm-hmm. not been managing let's let's talk about a girl who's not been mm-hmm. managing her life like you have and she's been hurt she's been hurt mm-hmm. by a relationship okay mm-hmm. and we don't have to dig deep because we know the kinds of things that can hurt Uh, one another Mm -hmm. in a relationship Uh, how would you and she's not a believer okay so that's why Mm -hmm. I'm stretching it okay she (laughs) is not a believer and with all the love in your heart how could you manage you you're you're walking through the dorm and you see her curled up in the ball at the end of the the hall sobbing and and Mm -hmm. what with the heart that you have and the determination to love that you have, how would you help this young woman in solitude and in pain? Honestly, in that moment, just comfort her. Okay. That's been a big thing. Like I've learned as a Christian as sometimes like there's just moments where people need to be comforted. Mm-hmm. And I also know, cause you don't know everyone's background with Christianity. Like, regarding like possible church hurt and just different things under the sun. And 
in that moment when they're emotional and just breaking down, mm-hmm. all you can do is like really just comfort them and not basically like throw like, oh, you need to pray to God right now. Like they're having a very human moment expressing their emotions and stuff and just being that comfort, even though you're not talking about God, you're showing how God can comfort them. I am thrilled with your answer. And the reason I'm thrilled is a lot of times uh, when we are perceived as on fire for the Lord and Mm -hmm. we are talking to someone who may not know him, uh, Mm -hmm. sometimes we're advised to come with scripture and this, that, and the other. And what you said was so relational, relationship-based. You didn't talk about the love of Jesus you were the love of Jesus with this other person. And it didn't have to have a label. You were there to comfort her in that moment. And I want to uh, encourage, encourage anyone listening that sometimes when pain is obvious and evident, the only thing that is required is your presence. Mm-hmm. your presence be there you can be there quietly you can be there with a touch you can be there asking is there anything I can do you know mm-hmm. and so yeah. there there and the reason I'm, I'm harping on this is because I have seen so much pain and I have seen people not just young people I'm talking about old people like me not really know how do you and and people for instance that are grieving okay just broken and grieving it's not our job to make them whole it's our job to love them that's all we're there for it's just to love them and that's like a big thing that i really try to do like especially since like after giving my life to christ because i know the things I've done before giving my life to him and the sins that I've done and also the sins like I still do even now having a relationship with him because like we all fall short but my goal is just to like show up every day um just trying to showcase like who God is Mm -hmm. and God will God will make a way God will present the conversations with like your friends like I've had so many friends where I'm like I felt like they were just like literally on the edge of like trying out Jesus mm-hmm. and instead of me being like, Oh, like you should come to church and da 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 mm-hmm. being there as a support, mm-hmm. but also not hiding how much I rely on Jesus. And I feel like that's a huge thing regarding like showing how he's providing in my life mm-hmm. and also not casting judgment on those closest to me that, um, you know, haven't really given their life to Christ and then navigating it by being that, support and also an example of how God is working in my life ultimately they come up to me and they start asking me questions about like Amira like do you know what the Bible says about this or they ask me Amira can you pray about this and it basically is showing that like you know God's like really knocking on their heart right now and by me just being that consistent example of how even in my shortcomings and even my success I'm going to God it makes them think like, hmm, like maybe, maybe I should like 
gives like God a chance. Maybe I should give this Jesus guy a chance type deal. Yeah, yeah. I'm hearing you. And I'm going rah 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 and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna play this show over and over again. I was just thinking I was um we were talking about friendship and I I was thinking about one of my favorite things and I always keep it in my notebook and I think I wanna read it now. Uh it's from uh Gibran, you know, he speak to us of children, speak to us of God, speak to us of friendship and this is what I, I just wanna share this with our audience. Um, I'm gonna take a couple minutes to do that, okay? Okay. I'm quoting now. And a youth said, speak to us of friendship. And he answered saying, your friend is your needs answered he is your feel which you sow with love and reap with thanksgiving and he is your board and your fireside for you come to him with your hunger and you seek him for peace when your friend speaks his mind and you fear not the nay in your own mind nor do you withhold the eye And when he is silent, your heart ceases not to listen to his heart. For without words, in friendship, all thoughts, all desires, all expectations are born and shared with joy that is unacclaimed. When you part from your friend, you grieve not. For that which you have, excuse me, that which you love most in him may be clearer in his absence as the mountain to the climber is clearer from the plain. And let there be no purpose in friendship save the deepening of spirit. And this line is my favorite. And let your best before your friend. If he must know the ebb of your tide, let him know its blood also for what is your friend that you should seek him with hours to kill seek him with hours to live for it is his to fill your need but not your emptiness and I just love that and it's an extension of what you were saying Uh, different words but the connection the Mm. the comfort that comes when you can be authentic in who you are mm-hmm. and extend it. And like you said, people come and they say, Amir, do this, do that, do the other, pray, show me, tell me. That's your validation that you're not only on the right track, but you are who he wants you to be. And you and I just sitting up here, just running our mouths. <laughs> okay. Before you read your letter to your younger self, is there anything else you want the audience to know? I did a lot of Q&A, and I don't usually do that, but mm-hmm. I was so, so happy 
to have an opportunity to ask those questions of someone who's living it healthily. And so I took a different posture. But is there anything else you would say to your classmates or you want the audience to know at this point? Um, I would definitely say, like, try God. The worries and the stress that you have, like, he he's strong enough to take them on and you're not in this by yourself. Like, anything you're facing, and I mean anything, even the secret stuff that you haven't told your best best friend or, like, your mom, he, he can get you through it and he can sustain you. So just, like, really just, like, try him. Try God. I love it. Are you ready to read your letter? Yes. Okay. I'm ready to listen. Okay. Cool. Okay. Dear little mama, or as mom would say, dear sunshine. <laughs> First and foremost, your big move across the country with mom from California to Maryland wasn't as bad as you thought. You've actually made many more lifelong friends and you haven't lost contact with those closest to you from Cali. You're doing great things and truly impacting people every step of the way. Your smile still radiates with joy towards every friend and stranger you encounter on your college campus and when you're out in the world. Sunshine, your words cannot describe how, excuse me, Sunshine, words cannot describe how thankful I am that you found God and are seeking each day to build a stronger relationship with Him. I know it wasn't easy, but God sustained you through it all. You thought the bullying during middle school would be the end, but in reality, it became the podium for you to stand truthfully on when writing your college essay. You thought you would never find love for your beautiful 4C curls, but now look at yourself, hoping friends and younger family members find beauty and strength with their own hair. You thought your parents' divorce and the outcomes of it will leave you in a sea of tears towards any mention of it, but now you can reflect on your 18th birthday and high school graduation with pictures of you all standing together. <laughs> you thought your first heartbreak with true love would mean the end of you ever believing for love again and trusting yourself, but look at you. Believing in God for the man of God you know will lead you into a God-centered marriage and family. You thought your addiction to pornography was a secret you'd have to keep for the rest of your life. But by the grace of God, here you are, three years later, free from addiction and sharing your testimony for all the women and girls that believe that same fate about themselves. I'm sorry for the seasons of life where I neglected you and didn't protect you. You are my priority again, and I'm so grateful that, re that we're reconnecting for the purpose of a stronger relationship. I promise to listen to you, love you, and care for you the best way God leads me. Your journey has just begun, and God has so much more in store. I love you. Sincerely, your future self. And I love you, too. I do, I do. <laughs> <laughs> love you, too. That is so special. It's also so authentic and vulnerable. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep us at that point. I'm going to put something in our spiritual doggy bag this week and it's aimed at young people and it's aimed at the young people who don't know it's a song by Jojo called You're Exceptional the lyrics are you're beautiful but you don't know 
can't see what there's inside your soul. Always feeling that you're not enough. You wish you could be someone else, someone you just can't see yourself. Sometimes you just can't see yourself. But I can see you just as you are, who you are. You're exceptional the way you are. Don't need to change for nobody. You're incredible. Anyone can see that. Will you believe that? You are nothing but exceptional. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Your seat at the table is guaranteed. I look forward to next time. My guest has been Ms. Amir Holland, a junior at Marymount University and a young woman that's on fire for the Lord. She's left us with some thoughts and some emotions, I'm sure. I look forward to next time. Until then, remember, you are stronger than you feel, smarter than you think, more beautiful than you know, and more loved than you can ever imagine. You're chosen. You're important. I want you to treat yourself like someone you love. Because I love you. This is Tyra G. Saying until next time, I'm listening.